Hey, uh, hey, welcome to Flatiron. Uh, we're going to kick off a new series uh, today uh, for Christmas, but uh, let me just kind of set up how kind of I got to where we're going over the next, the, the next month. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I was gone two weekends in a row. I was actually in Spain, and uh, I was visiting one of our international partners, Glo- Globoscope, uh, and they're out in all of our lobbies, and there's internships available and all, trips. It's, just, it's a really great organization. They work with uh, university students all, all over the world, and so I'm, I'm, I'm over there in Spain, and uh, we, we, I actually went with another one of our global, uh, our, our global partners, James and Aaron Henderson. So the four of us met up in Spain and we went over there and kind of, uh, we were in Valencia, Spain, and we did like a mini retreat for the staff there uh, that, that does the ministry there. Uh, but, but we had some time on the front end and on the back end to just do some, 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 fun, some fun stuff. And so um, God always teaches me great stuff when I'm on mission trips. And, and I come back and I share it and you're all like, oh no, he's going to be weird. Uh, but um, uh, so like, like, like this time though, God taught me uh, about uh, sangria. It's wonderful. It's, uh, it's a gift from the Lord. And it's deceptive, though. Watch out. Because it's like a big juice box. It, and, uh, and, and they serve it in, like, pitchers with straws. And, and then I, I looked at my friend James and went, hey, I can't feel my face. And, uh, and so uh, be careful out there, kids. It's the holidays. And uh, anyway, but, uh, but he teaches me a lot of stuff. So we have some time in the front and the back to do some really, really cool Cool stuff. And one of those things is, whenever you're in Europe, you always visit these cathedrals. And, and so there's this one cathedral in, in Spain, in, in Barcelona, that we went to. And it was just amazing. I mean, the, the picture just can't get it. It's, it's been 150 years in, in the making, and it's not done yet. Um, it's, it's worth over a billion dollars in modern dollars. And there's, there's another, like, steeple spire that's going to go in the middle that's almost 50% taller than anything you see there. And it's, it's just nuts. You can see it from miles and miles away. Um, but, but we, so you go into this thing and it's, it's a big tourist attraction now. And like one, on one side of the building, uh, Gaudi is the architect. And then they, the, uh, the, there's all the statues are about the birth of Jesus on one side of the building. On the other side of the building, all the statues are about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And then the entire interior of the place, uh, is all about resurrection and life. It's really, really, really cool. And it's so tall, all right? It's so tall that you go in there and they have tables with mirrors so you can look at the ceiling because everybody's walking around like this and they just run into each other and it's not good, all right? So, so everybody's just, it's just overwhelming, the, the stained glass. And it's, it's it, it, I, I was conflicted too because here's this huge billion dollar building with all these beautiful things going on and people all in, talking about the architecture and the glass and the windows and all that. And, and I, I remember thinking to myself, this is about Jesus, right? I felt a little judgmental, I'll be honest with you. But I looked around because nobody's really talking about Jesus. They were talking about the architecture and the history and, and everybody's taking pictures and and I get it because it's a, it's a big, uh, it's a big tourist. It's a very, very interesting place. But, but uh, as we were leaving the building, and we'll get to Christmas, I promise. But uh, as we were leaving the building, the doors that we went out, we were right in the middle of all these statues on the side of the building about the crucifixion of, of Jesus. And so uh, everybody's like, before they leave the property, they're getting those final pictures. And I, and, and, and we were doing the same thing, but I, I looked over and there was this girl, a beautiful girl, probably in her 20s, and she was sitting on one of the statues and she was having her boyfriend take her picture like in a sexy pose, like, you know, and that's my sexy pose, take it, all right? And uh, somebody's gonna do a, uh, like a screen cap and it's gonna be all over the world. I'm gonna go viral, all right? And, uh, but here's this, here's this, this girl in a sexy pose and it's a statue and I, I felt weird to me, <laughs> all right? It just felt weird to me. It gets worse. And then I looked up at what statue she was actually leaning against, and she was doing a sexy pose against this statue. It's a, it's, a, it's a pillar that has Jesus tied to it while they're scourging him. 
And I, and, I, and I kind of looked at it and I wanted to go and go, you can't do that. This just feels wrong. You, you just, you, you can't do that. Are you not, are you not paying attention to this? And it really put me in a funk. I mean, it really did. I mean, like, like we walked off the property and we went down the street and we went to Five Guys. Remember? There's one right next door to the cathedral. <laughs> I love this world. Anyway, and so I'm in there and I'm kind of in my head. I'm kind of in a funk. And, and, and James says, hey, what's up? And I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, that felt weird. And it bothered me for a couple of hours. And as I'm walking around uh, Barcelona, I, I had a kind of an aha moment. Um, kind of, I don't have a lot of them, but I had a, a good one. And here's my aha moment. Um, the same thing happened 2,000 years ago when that actually was going on. Like, like when Jesus was like tied to that pillar and, pe and people were whipping him, or when he was nailed to that cross, people were actually uh, right in front of him throwing dice to see who won his stuff. And nobody cared. And nobody was paying attention. And here's the thing that just blows me away, that's going to get me to this, this title of this series, is that while Jesus was on that cross or when he was you know, tied to that pillar getting beaten and, and, and crucified, his response was to look down and go, Father, they don't know what they're doing. They have no idea what's going on. They, they have no idea what I am doing on their behalf. They don't even care. But I'm going to do it anyway. My question is, who does that? Who does that? And so that was in my head for a while. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was feeling kind of self-righteous. I'm a good person. And that girl's a horrible human being for leaning against that. And I'm walking around Barcelona. And then here's my like, like pop your spiritual bubble moment. All right. I'm walking down the street. And here's my second aha moment. I do that all the time. Well, here's what I mean by that. I, I claim that Jesus is the most important person in my life. I claim that what he did on a cross, three days later, rising from the dead, is the, is the focus, the center of, of, of my life. I make, I make a living out of standing on stages like this and saying, hey, let's live our lives with God now in this life. Not after we die and go someplace else and live forever. No. I mean, let's live every day of, of this life. Let's go to work with Jesus. Let's go to school with Jesus. Let's, let's get married with Jesus. Let's go through our divorce with Jesus. Whatever we have to go through, let's do it with God, living like he's right here. But most of the time, I operate my life as if he's an afterthought. Like, oh yeah, I saw a picture or I heard a song or something, but the normal like pace of my day is, is like that. And, and, and so when, when it comes to Christmas, it probably just brings it out on me more than anything else. I mean, I would love to say, you know, I, I am so spiritual that when anybody has said the word Christmas over the last couple months, I, I immediately go to, oh, thank you, Lord, for what you sent to us. That's not it. And most of the time over the last, last, last month, when people say Christmas, I go like, oh, gosh, it's coming. Right, like I got so much to do. Like, um, like I got to put up decorations. If you come, if you come in my neighborhood and drive down my my street, it looks like we hate Jesus. There's not one decoration up. There's not a light bulb. There's not a tree. There's not a wreath. There's not a reindeer. There's nothing. I mean, rake my yard since Thanksgiving. I mean, it's it's a disaster. And and I say, oh, I got to put up decorations. I got to borrow someone's ladder, and the lights won't work. Uh, right, right. And then, um, and then, oh, I got I got to go shopping. Uh, I hate to shop, Robin. Can you just Amazon Christmas, please? All right. And can can we can we do that? And then I got Christmas parties coming up, and then, and I've got a Christmas series to plan. I've got all this stuff. Everything I have to do between now and Christmas morning, and and then I'll go. Oh yeah, 
And thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus. And then I got to go shopping, right? I mean, it's just like, I just get caught up in all that. Now, the purpose of all, saying all that is not some guilt trip or, or anything like that. Although I, I think I need to pay attention to it in my life. Um, but the, 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 it does bring me to this series that we're going to do for the next three or four weeks. See, we're going to look at what Christmas is all about. And you'd expect that in a Christmas series. But here's what I want to do is I, I want to look even more importantly at um, why God did this. Why, why God sent Jesus to us? What, what kind of God would do that? Who does stuff like that? And the answer is going to be Jesus, right? So if you want to know what kind of God we have, um, we, we, we just got to look at Jesus. A guy named Paul who wrote like the last fourth of the Bible, he says, everything that you need to know about almighty, eternal, forever, infinite God, everything you need to know about God can be found, but just getting to know and looking in the face of, of, of Jesus, this is the kind of God we have, and this is the kind of stuff that he does. So here's where I want to go over the next several, several weeks, all right? Over the last you know, two or three months since Labor Day, we, we have, uh, as a church, we've been unpacking just three chapters of the Bible. It's found in one of the biographies of Jesus, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter five, six, and seven. We made it halfway through Five, all right? And um, uh, we, this Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave out on the side of a mountain uh, 2,000 years ago, we've been looking at that and unpacking some, and trying to answer some really big questions. And, and these are questions that every human being has uh, all their lives, and it comes up a lot of different times. But the questions we're trying to answer are, is this, what kind of person do I want to be and what kind of life do I want to live? We all have that question. And we all go, I want to be a good man or a good woman, and I want to I have a fairly decent life, all right? But what does that mean, and how do you get it? And so what Jesus has been saying is, I, I have some thoughts on it, and I can actually tell you how to really achieve and, and, and experience what a, a good person is and how to live a good life. And so he basically says this, just f follow me, just come with me, all right? And you don't have to have it all figured out uh, anytime soon. Just take one step in my direction. And he said, you know, living your life with him, he says, live your life with me in my kingdom. Go through life every day with me. Just get to know me. Get, get to know who I really am. And, and here's what we've said uh, you know, over and over the last several months. If you spend enough time with Jesus and, and, and begin to uh, listen to him and watch him, here's, here's the goal, is you're gonna take a look at all your thoughts and all your ideas and all your definitions that life has kind of handed you and you're going to look at those, and the number one thing Jesus said is, you might want to rethink it. And so, so as I get to know Jesus and how he thinks, and then how he sees things, my goal is that I'll start thinking like him, and then I'll see stuff like him, and then when I find myself in a, in a cert circumstance, maybe something different will come out of me. And I maybe start doing something kind of like Jesus would do. Not because I'm trying to be good. Not because I'm trying, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get mad. I'm not gonna do this. I'm, I'm not gonna say that anymore. I'm gonna cut way back on that. I'm gonna try really, really, really hard. No, I, I, I want to, uh, I want to be different on the inside. See, so when, we're gonna hit this a lot over the next month. So whenever this question comes up, like, who does that? Uh, we're gonna, what we're gonna say is, well, Jesus does. But let me tell you what the goal is. I was going to say the goal of this series, but really, it's kind of the goal of life, really, is that when we look at going into a different circumstance and face stuff, and we've, we've, we've looked at some big ones over the last several months in here, like, like sometimes you get so angry, you just want to murder somebody, or, or sometimes, you know, it's just so hard, you just want to tap out on the marriage and go do something else. We've looked at some big stuff, but, what, but the, the goal is, is that, so who does that? G Jesus does that, but here's, here's the goal, right? But, but who does that? And the goal is, I want to. I, 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 there's no one like Jesus, but he does that. And I mean, for the first time in my life, I did something close. I want to be more like that. 
Right? That, that's, what, that's my goal. And that, that's, we're going to have a, 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 we're gonna have an assignment when we leave here, and, and it has to, to do with that. But most of us can hang with everything I've said so far, at least theoretical, that most of us would say, yeah, I wish I would get angry less, or I wish I would murder less and cut way back on the adultery. Most of us can, can hang with, yeah, that all makes sense. Until we get to what we're going to talk about today. What, what I want to look at today in this, in this chapter five, uh, and then we're going to take a time out and, and for, for January, but we'll come back to chapter six later. But, but what we're going to look at today is the part of, and I would even say the whole Bible, that I have my biggest problem with Jesus. And we all have some verses in the Bible where we go, I wish he hadn't said that. Some of us have entire pages. We whoop. I don't know what you're talking about, right? And so, so we just wish he hadn't said it. And this is at the top of the list. So when, when we come to the question, um, who does that? When we hear what Jesus you know, throws out going, I want you to think about maybe living your life this way. My question is who does what Jesus is about to describe is not me. I don't do that. I don't even want to do that. I think it's kind of dumb to even think about doing that. And I don't understand why Jesus would want me to do that. And so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you what we're gonna talk about over the next month. And even though you didn't know Jesus said it, you heard something about it somewhere else, uh, you're, most of us are gonna sit and going, yeah, I, I'm out. I don't wanna do that. See if this sounds familiar. All right, here we go. So you've heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other as well. Awesome, <laughs> right? If someone sues you and tries to take your tunic, your shirt, give him your coat as well. If someone forces you to go one mile with him, go with him two miles. It gets better. Give to the one who asks, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow money from you. Ah, do you know my relatives? Right? right. Um, how about this? You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. He makes his sun rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love only those who love you, what reward do you get? Do not even tax collectors do that? And tax collectors in this culture would be translated um, traitors and terrorists. Do not even terrorists like people who like them? Where's the reward in that? And if you only greet your brothers, people that like agree with you on everything, how's that any different than others? Do not even pagans do that? And culturally today it would be like people don't have anything to do with God. They, they do that. Then he caps it with this awesome thing. Be perfect. Therefore, as your father, God in heaven is, is perfect. Now, here's why, all right? Here's why, and I think I'm speaking for most of us. Here's why for most of us, our first response to all that is, you know, who does that? Not me. There's no way I'm, I won't ever do that. There's several reasons, at least for my life, where I, I hear Jesus say, that, going, I, I have no interest in that. The first, the first reason would be this. Um, it's just not realistic, Right? I mean, you're thinking that. In today's world, if you try to embrace that as the way you live your life, someone wants to borrow from you, and you're like, here, all right? And someone smacks you, and you're just like, it's okay, right, right? Listen, it won't work. Not in today's world, all right? I mean, if I do that, Jesus, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get run over. Uh, I'm going to get ripped off. I'm going to get taken advantage of. Um, I'm going to be a doormat. That sounds appealing, so I don't really want to do it. The second reason it's related to the first is that whenever we hear Jesus say stuff like that, we, we do what we always do. We just assume that he's saying, here's a rule you must do in order for me to love you or something like that. Jesus is passing out more laws and rules. And if I follow his rules and laws, and this is why this has been a deal breaker for a lot of, a lot of people going, I don't want to do this. If I do that, I, I will be a weak person, a passive person, a wussified person. I won't be able to protect the things that are most dear to me. And I don't understand why Jesus wants me to do that. 
So here's what we do, okay? When we hear, you know, like, turn the other cheek or, or whatever that is, uh, here's what I do, and I think I speak again for a lot of us. We hear that, and then we make up a story in our head that starts with, so Jesus, are you saying, and then we go way out. Like, when I hear Jesus say, someone smack you, turn the other cheek, here's where I go. So Jesus, are you saying that if someone were to break into my house in the middle of the night, and start, like, they have guns, and, and they're going to come in, they're going to take my stuff, and they're going to go upstairs, and they're going to murder or rape my family? You, are you saying that I'm supposed to, like, stand in the corner and just pray for them? Go in peace. Can I pick up that TV for you? I mean, is that, is that what you're saying I'm supposed to do? Because I'm not going to do that. And I don't understand why Jesus would ever expect anybody to, 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 to do that. And so just in case you're gathering your things and head for the door, let me make it clear, that is not what Jesus is teaching here. Now, it is how, what I was taught when I was a kid. You just, if you love Jesus, you just get out of the way. And I'm not gonna sign up for that. See, here's the thing, the important, important thing to remember here. None of, of what we're gonna look at over the next month makes any sense. It doesn't seem reasonable. It's not realistic if you just look at it in isolation. And most of the time, I've always heard this taught just jerked out of you know, context and going, okay, it's gonna stand alone. It doesn't stand alone. All right, remember this? Everything Jesus teaches, especially some of the really hard stuff, it doesn't make any sense unless you remember it's built on something he has already said that's foundation to this. And if you take away the foundation, it falls apart. So here's what you know, we've been looking at over the last several months that will put this a little bit in context. So what Jesus has been doing, and this is what he did of the whole three years he was teaching, is he's been describing what happens when a person begins to live their everyday life not their religious life, not their church life, like get up in the morning and go to school and go to work and go on dates and, and, and go shopping at the mall. All, you do all that with, with God. And the result is, if you spend enough time with Jesus, he rubs off on you and it changes the kind of person you are on the inside. And that's what he's concerned about. I, I guess I could sum up the last three or four months with this. Jesus is more concerned with the kind of person that you are. He's more concerned with that than, than the, the things that you are doing, right or wrong. He's certainly concerned about this, but unless we pay attention to this, this is a moot point. But this is what all religion seems to care about, or church. This is how I was raised in church. You know, it didn't have anything to do with what was going on inside. It's like, did you do that right? Did you do that wrong? Did you go to that movie? Did you drink that? Were you with her? You, whatever that is, it was rules and regulations. And if all you do is focus on what you're doing on the outside and ignore what's going on on the inside, most of us are strong enough, we can pull it off for a while. We can act nice. I'm not gonna lose my temper. I'm not gonna say it again, whatever that. We're gonna grit our teeth and we're gonna gut our way through it. Some of us are so strong, we can make it weeks, months, years and, 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 and try to control what's going on, on the outside. But then the day comes and we've all had that day where somebody pushes our button or pulls our trigger and, we're, and then brah, what's really inside that never got changed comes out and lands and flattens everybody around and nothing, we look in the mirror and go, see, you'll never change. Because nothing changed on the inside. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this, that we gotta remember is this, is that Jesus didn't, and he says this over and over, he didn't come out, to, he didn't come to, to pass out more rules. He says that over and over, I did not come to throw more religious junk at you that you're not gonna do either. You have enough. That's not what I've been teaching the whole time. What Jesus is doing here is the same thing he's been doing, and it's not, let's don't, he's not, he's saying, I'm not just gonna look at what you're doing right or wrong. I wanna look at a deeper, I wanna look at what's going on in your heart. Right? The way we've been looking at it is, so that happened. Right? That happened. You got slapped. We're going to look at that here, right? That happened. I want to go way upstream, remember this metaphor, and see what's been happening over the weeks, months, and decades that finally landed to you and I just going at it. 
I want to look at that, because if that doesn't change, it's just going to be more of that. Right? We have to, wait, we're not going to just look at behaviors. We're going to ask what's going on in a person's heart. Because, let's, again, we got to be honest, all right? In the moment, we keep doing that. And there's something inside us that if I do that, it will get me what I want or it'll get me what I feel like I need, but it never has yet. It hasn't, right? But in, again, in the moment, it feels like it's my only option. Slapping back is the only option I have, and it's actually making it, it works. It's just the only thing I know to do. Unless, there's a big word here, right? This is the number one thing Jesus taught. We gotta, re, we gotta rethink, repent is the word. You gotta rethink that. You gotta rethink how you think about everything. Because maybe there's something else going on here that you need to look at. That make sense? So here's what I, I want to look at two verses again that um, speaking as a man, these are the things that say, I, I don't know if I want to be a Christian. These are the deal breakers that, that say, I, no, I'll do this other stuff. I don't know if I can do this. So let's look at two, two of the, what I, for me, are the hardest verses in the entire Bible. And we already looked at them. Let's just, let's just tear them apart a little bit. So you've heard it said, so Jesus is going to give the religious rule, then he's going to give a, like a better option, right? So if you heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, here's a better way, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other as well. And so well, I want to be a good person. I want a good life. And Jesus says, um, there's two ways to do that. There's religion, and then I, I, I have some thoughts on the matter, too, that, that might be better. So here's the religious way. You've heard it said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. So there's a chapter in your Bible, right? Leviticus chapter 24, that is an entire list of rules and laws about if somebody does something to you, this is what you can do back. And I mean, it's pretty inclusive. Everything from if somebody uh, breaks your arm, here's what you can do back. If somebody... <laughs> Shoots, I love it, I just hit the, shoot your eye out, you'll shoot your eye out, it's a Christmas story. Anyway, um, so if somebody pokes your eye out, this is what you're allowed to do back. If somebody kills your cow, this is what you're allowed to do back. But it's also a list of, but you, you're not allowed to do more than that. So there's actually a law in the Bible that says if someone breaks your arm, you can break theirs. Someone going, that's in the Bible? I'm a Christian, all right? Um, if someone pokes your eye out, you're allowed to poke theirs out. If someone kills your cow, you can have one of their cows. It's actually, but also in there, it says this. If someone breaks your arm, you're not allowed to break their arm and their leg just to show them. That's too much. If someone pokes your eye out, you don't go, well, you're gonna be blind on my watch. You don't get to say that, right? You don't, if they take your cow, you don't, you don't get their, everything they own. That's too much. Now, here's a question, right? Why would a, ask yourself this question. Why would a person say, you broke my arm, I ought to be able to break your arm? What, what is it in us that goes, you hurt me, I'm hurting you? What is it that says, you, you, you insulted me, I'm gonna insult, what, what is it that when somebody does something to us, we wanna do something back to them? And, and here's the answer, I think we're looking for something good, I really do. I think we're looking for justice. Right? And it just feels like this will get us there. Um, I, I mean, if you break my arm, I ought to be able to break your arm. That's just fair. Right? I mean, we're, we're wanting things, we're wanting to make things right. And, and there's, just, there's just something within us that says, I, I want to hit you back because in my mind, you hit me and I hit you and somehow that evens the score and now we're okay. Or um, if, 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 if you do this to me and I do this to you, then karma will come back into balance. I don't know what it is. And then um, uh, if, if I just make it fair, 
Then we can put all this behind us and we can walk on. And it's never worked. Has it? It's never, it's never fixed, any, it's never solved anything. Um, and, and after all, you don't even make you feel better eventually. Uh, let's be honest though. It does a little bit. If someone hits me and I go, oh yeah, how about this? And boom, and I hit him back, it feels kind of good. Right? Yeah, so damn. And then I walk away. But then later in the day, here's what, here's what I realized. Well, that didn't help. It, it didn't help. And now I already heard that they're planning on doing this to me. And then I'm going to have to go up here and I'm going to have to do this and escalate. And then finally, none of us have eyes and teeth. <laughs> right? I mean, it just keeps on going. So, so, okay, so we're talking about getting slapped and insulted and stuff like that. So let's get to the heart of what's really going on because let's see if something might change inside of us so that something different might come out. Now, before I do that, uh, again, this is just a, a part of the Bible that's been taught horribly, so let me tell you what this doesn't mean, okay? This whole, you know, if someone slaps you or attacks you or whatever, then turn the other cheek. He's not talking or applying this to government policies and what countries ought to do if another country does that to them. He's not talking about like the military or police agencies about how they ought to operate out there. So he's not talking about if, if your country gets invaded by another country, you just stand by and turn the other cheek. He's not, no. He's not saying, hey, hey, cops, all right, listen, if you're out there and someone's shooting at you, just pray for them and let them shoot you in the other side of your face. No, no, okay, as a matter of fact, um, let me give you two verses, all right, you can look up later. In, in Romans chapter 13, a guy named Paul, he, he says this, he says that, and if, you're, if you work for any government agency, you need to pay attention to this, all right? Um, he says that governments have, are actually um, charged by God and will be held accountable by God to pro- provide and protect the people within their established borders. You got, hear that? God has put authority in, char- in charge and will hold them responsible for taking care of the people within their established borders. When I say borders, don't worry about it. I'm not getting political. I'm just saying we all have a scope of responsibility that we've been charged to take care of. So it's not standing out there and being you know, passive. It also applies, please hear this, all right? It also applies, um, Jesus is not talking about um, our, our role as leader and protector of our family. He's not saying you, you need to be passive when it comes to protecting your family or, or, or your children. Paul writes this to a guy named Timothy. He says, a person that does not provide and protect for their family, especially the people living under the roof, this is what he says, you're worse than an unbeliever, Right? So, so you're worse. So, so this has nothing to do with if somebody breaks into your house and starts to take your stuff or start to hurt your family, your only option is to stand over by the fireplace and just pray for them. Not going to happen. Not in my house. I, I mean, I'll just be really, really, really honest with you. If, <laughs> this is going to give me so many emails, and I'm looking forward to them. Um, <laughs> if you break into my house in the middle of the night and try to hurt my family... You're, you're leaving in a bag. I'm that guy. And I have a lot of them, all right? That's all I'm saying. And if that hurts your feelings, I don't care, all right? So, so here's, here's what I'm saying. I'm not making any more statement. Don't come in my house. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's go on. All right, so, so then what is, that's what Jesus is talking about. What is Jesus talking about? Let me put it in the form of a question and see if, it, if we can get there. Right? How about this? We're asking this question, right? What kind of person I want to be? So what kind of person immediately punches back whenever they get punched? What's it, you know, my, and here's my first response. Awesome person. 
strong person. Person says, I'm not a victim. You're not going to do that to me. That's my, that's my first response, okay? So, so let, me, let me put it a little bit different. I'm going to add a word in here and see if it means something different. What kind of person would you be if you're, and what's the next word? First response. Ah. What kind of person would you be if your first response wasn't to immediately hit back when you are hit? So again, remember this. Jesus is not passing out some rule that says, in all times, in all circumstances, in all situations, you be passive and don't hit back. That's not true. There may be times when fighting back is the right thing to do. There may be times when you go, I have to fight back or something worse is actually gonna happen, right? It's like when we were talking about divorce a few weeks ago. God never meant for any of us to go through divorce, but he also has a compassionate heart and, and realizes, but you know what? People are really mean to each other, so there may be times in your life where you have to get one, right? That's just, that's just reality. And it's the same thing with, with fighting. He's not passing rule going at all times and all places, never, ever, ever, ever fight back. That's not the question or the directive here. Now, here's what I want to look at. What kind of person would you be if your first response wasn't to, without even thinking, just slap, slap, right? Hit, hit, punch, punch, insult, insult, injury for injury, evil for evil. Now, now remember, okay, this teaching is very important to remember. It's based on a foundational thing that he said earlier that if you rip that out of it, it just falls apart. So let me throw out a, a few things we've covered over the last few months in here, okay? The first thing is this. When you know who you are, and let me rephrase that. When you know who Jesus says that you are and you agree with him. We just sang that song at all of our campuses, all right? I am who you say I am. I'm not my past. I'm not the thing I've been holding on to for all my life. I'm not what my ex-husband wife said about me. I'm not who my bad dad defined me. I'm not what they said at school about me. I'm, that's not who I am. I used to think that, but you know what? I let go of that. I'm rethinking it. I'm holding on to what Jesus says. I agree with who Jesus says I am. So now, you know what? When you do that to me and when you say that to me, all right, I have nothing to prove anymore. So bring it on. Because who I am doesn't have a question mark anymore. So whatever you have to say, fine. I'm okay. I don't, I don't have to prove anything by doing something back to you. How about this? Does this sound familiar? How about, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And what Jesus is talking about, you have this ache in your stomach going, that's not right. And I want, I've done everything I can to make it right. And I don't know how to do it. Well, in the kingdom, Jesus says, you'll be satisfied outside the kingdom on your own. You're just gonna be fighting. Insult for insult, punch for punch, you know, pain for pain. Until again, it's just, it just escalates out. Just, but, but, but Jesus says this, in the kingdom, he'll look at us and go, you've done everything you know to do. I, let me take it from here. I'll, I'll satisfy the thing. That you, it doesn't matter if you beat up the whole world. You're not gonna be satisfied, but I, I got it. Or how about this? Um, blessed are you. When people insult you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you on account of me. And we've all been there. We've, we're out there trying to do the right thing. We came in here, one of our campuses, and, you know, and we looked at our marriage, we looked at our kids, we looked at our parents, we looked at a really important relationship, and we walked out of here going, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm gonna, and you did. And you know what? You got the stuff beat out of you. You, you, got, you, got, you got lied about, you got attacked. People said the worst things about you and you were just, you were just trying to do the right thing for yourself and for your family and people came after you and Jesus' response is, oh buddy, me too. I get it. But I'm with you, you're gonna be all right. All right, or, or how about this? Um, in the kingdom, my identity and worth, not at stake. I, I have nothing to prove. So I don't have to get angry and then let that spin into contempt 
and then look at you and redefine you as something that I can actually attack and then hurt you. I don't have to go there anymore. That's what I've always done my whole life. So let me ask one more question and give you a story and we'll get out of here. Um, what, what if you were the kind of person who's willing to look at the bigger picture? And you don't just look at, okay, I got slapped or she said that about me and it made me mad. But what, what, if, what if you don't just look at that, but you're able to kind of see it different? Because remember the whole goal of this thing is, I gotta think, I'm trying to think like Jesus would think here so I can see that the way Jesus would see it. And then maybe that will do something inside of me and actually I'll, I'll maybe I'll engage with it different. So I wanna tell you a story and then we're gonna learn a new song and get out of here. Um, so I gotta get some disclaimers on it. So I'm gonna tell a story about something I did right. Now, <laughs> Time out, okay? I would love to stand up here and go, that's, my, that's how I operate now. This is what I do all, all the time. Nope, I did it one time in Spain. I gotta reach way back and find one, all right? Um, I'm, I'm gonna give you a story about the one time that what I'm teaching today, I got kinda right. And I haven't done it well since then. I've had a couple moments close to it, but I'm gonna give you one. Um, and then we're gonna walk out of here with an assignment going, let's all get one. All right, that's, that's it, okay. So, so I was in Spain a, a few weeks ago and, and I'm working with Global Scope, this college uh, ministry over there in, in Spain. And so it's all made up of, the staff is all made up of like 20-somethings and they're all young and just really like on fire and stuff like that. And there's this one guy on their staff and I'm gonna call him Bob because I didn't get permission to tell a story. So his name's Bob, it's not really his name. But anyway, but, but Bob's on their staff and um, he's um, annoying as heck, I mean, he just rubs everybody the wrong way. He's sarcastic. He's cynical. He's, he, he has really, really, you know, sharp, you know, humor, and, you know, and, and everybody loves him. They go, that's just Bob. He's annoying. All right. But everybody loves him. But anyway, so, so I was getting to know Bob a little bit over there and, and I've come to find out he grew up in a church that I actually know that church and I actually know his pastor. We went to the same college together, but he, he has a lot of baggage with church. So the, the church he grew up in, is, he, he just described it, it's just total hypocrisy, and they would say one thing and they would do a lot of uh, some other things. And so, um, so he, hates, he hates pastors, and he especially hates pastors of big churches. So we're going to do great. <laughs> right? But over, the, over those three days, he just kept trying to push my buttons. He, he was just like, yeah, what about this? What about that? And then, then, uh, then he, he did this uh, like 10 times a day. He would remind me of how old I am. What do you mean? He'd go like, that's because you're old. Or you're, you're almost dead. You know, it's really soothing you know, relationship building things. So kids file this away. Doesn't work. All right. So anyway, but he kept, he kept on just pushing, pushing, pushing. And he's like, so, so, and he had a problem with, with flat irons. Like it's so big. And what he's looking for is what's your line of hypocrisy? Because there's no way you can do something like this without watering it down or, you know, telling a half truth. And so he, he's trying to find that place where he can go, see, you're a hypocrite like all the rest of them. Now, I can be honest with you, my typical response when people come after me, but especially when they come after flat irons, is I have a very short fuse and I get mad fast. And, and so here, here's the other thing is, there's several times within in that week that I thought to myself, I have, I have the verbal and theological skills to flatten you. All right. And there's several times I want to put this little piece of crap back in his lane. I'm just pray for me. I didn't say I was a good person. I, there's a good thing in here. Just wait for it. All right. I, I could have done it. But, but this time I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. Sangria, I assume. But anyway, um, 
So he just keeps punching, punching, punching. And then on the last night, we were back at, back at the hotel, and, and so he kept on pushing, and he brought up my wife, Robin. Ha <laughs> yeah, wait, all right? And so we're sitting there at, at, around the table, and he says, like, like, Robin. And I guess he knows about us. And he says, like, like she's, like, I know her story, she, she's bipolar, and she has migraine headaches, and she's had a lot of illnesses. How do you, how do you get up there and, and tell her story? That's not your story. That's her story. How do you have a right to tell her story? And I went, time out, buddy. We've been married 35 years. We've done some crap together. It's our story. Yeah, but, but, but it's really her story. And how can you really you know, relate you know, how hard that, that, that is? And I, I do my best. I'll stand up here, and, and you guys have heard me say this before. There are seasons of our life and of our marriage where I, I have come home, and I have found Robin between the bed and the wall, banging her head against the wall, asking God, please kill me, because if you'll just kill me, everybody's life gets easier and better. Right? And some of us have been there. And here's, here's Jim's response. There's, there's the good response where I look and go, oh, babe, it's going to be okay. We'll get through this together. Then there's the other response I don't say out loud where I go, you got a point. You're right. Sometimes it just feels like this, if this is just all over. Right? And he goes, you say that? I went, yeah, I do. And he still didn't believe me. He just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And finally, another guy at the table goes, hey, hey, Bob. Not his name. Hey, Bob. This is about you. It, this isn't about Jim. This is about Robin. This is not about Flatirons. And then he said something I didn't understand. Is this about your sister? And I'm lost now. And then here's an, he's, Bob says, probably. I find out Bob's sister, bipolar, and committed suicide 10 years ago. Ah, right? And then it all made sense. All the anger, all the resentment, all the slapping and punching and insults being thrown my way had nothing to do with me. He's mad at God. He's really disappointed in a church that didn't care. He's just angry at life. Right? It's at the bottom, line, what's, can you see what's going on? Yeah. Why did God take care of you all and not my sister? You ever had that prayer? And then you know what? All the anger, it just, made, it just made sense. And all the anger left the room and all I felt for him was love. And I, I reached across the table and grabbed his hand and go, buddy, I love you. And here come the tears, right? I got it right one time. But what if I hadn't? What if I hit back? Here's the answer. I would have won the battle and lost the war. What's the war? Bob had gotten up from that table and gone out and hated God more. Been done with church and pointed at me and said, there's one more example of why I can't do this anymore. Right? You got to see stuff different. You got to think different. Did it one time. I want us to get one under our belt this week. So here's, I started with this story of here's Jesus right here in a manger, on a cross, whatever that is. And we live our lives right in front of him and we miss him all the time. And Jesus knew it would happen. And he says, but you're worth it anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway. Who does that? Well, Jesus. So I wanna be that kind of person. I can't be him. I wanna move that direction though. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to think about. Would you consider, in light of, we don't have it all figured out, but that seems like a better response than what normally I do. Um, would you maybe, because I'm not a prophet, but let me tell you what's gonna happen this week. People are going to insult you, persecute you, say all kinds of evil against you. 
Some of us are gonna get slapped around either verbally or emotionally, some of us physically, and our first response is to just go back and pay him back. And it makes sense sometimes. But here's what I'm just saying. Before we do that, would you be willing this week to just take a breath and step back? And I gotta think about this different before I do what I always do. And I wanna look and see if something else is going on. And then do what you have to do. And what if we, again, I, I'm, I'm, who does that? Well, Jesus does that, but... Wouldn't it be great if this week we could look back over the week and go, I did on Tuesday, I got one. And then maybe that'll lead to Wednesday. And who knows where it goes from there, but we gotta, we gotta think different. So, all right, let me wrap this up. Um, I have like 26 seconds. And so, uh, really fast, let me tell you the, the road to get to this series. Right before I went to Spain, I went out to Baltimore. And I told you about this in the spring. I have a kid in my youth group that grew up and started a church in Baltimore. And it's been going for 10 years. And they finally built their very first you know, auditorium with kids space and all that. And so I finally got to go out there on November the 7th and I got to speak for it, the very first service. And so I stepped on that stage and went, hey, it's good to be at Flatirons East because it's just like, a, it's this, all right? And they kind of went, uh, I don't know if I, anyway, and, uh, but it's, it's, and they're probably watching right now, so hey, mosaic. And, uh, um, but then they opened up their building with the song that I want us to learn. And it's such an amazing song, because it's everything I've said so far, only better than I've said it. And the, the title of the song, I'm gonna write this down, is Jesus. It's memorable, all right? And it's Jesus, there is no one like you. There's no one that compares to you. There's no one who does what you do but I wanna move that direction. So as we teach you this song at all of our campuses, whenever it becomes your song, you can sit, you can stand. Um, we are on time, so there's no need to leave early, kids. And Jesus is watching. And, uh, no, if you have to leave, you have to leave, but, but it's just, it's just the, especially the, the back half of this song is just powerful. And I just want you to think about stuff this week. Cool? So God, in this moment, I just wanna say this. I'm so glad that when you look down at, from that cross and saw my life and my story, and I think I speak for a lot of us, you, you said, I'm gonna do it anyway. Knowing that a, there would come a day in history, and for some of us, today is that day where we finally pay attention and go, that sounds better than what I have. He sounds better than what I'm doing. And, and we take a step in your direction, but we're gonna need your help because we've never done this before. We've never looked at it like this before. We've never thought like this before. And so we're gonna go in your direction. So God, Give us eyes to see like you see and a heart to feel what you feel and a brain to think like you think so that when we walk into whatever we walk into this week, who does that? Jesus. This time I did too. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.